Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. This is Angel waiting for George to call in. Going to get right to our sports talk for today. Currently, we have hockey playoffs going on. We got Montreal looking to uh, stay alive here. Uh, they're winning uh, four to three. Philly's up three one in the series. Uh, we had a couple of series close out today. Boston, which you know Georgia will be happy about, uh, finished off Carolina two one. Tampa Bay knocked off uh, Columbus, so that's over. Uh, they beat them five four in overtime today. We got Vancouver St Louis going on later on tonight, and we have Colorado taking out Arizona today. Looks like it was a really good, uh, the usual uh, Jacob DeGrom start, dominant, and the Mets lose the game. Well, they win, but they don't score for them, as always. So that cost him another win. Yankees lose today. Waste a good start by Garrett Cole. For some reason, they cannot beat Tampa Bay. You know, Tampa Bay has their number this year. Um, the Yankees were 10-0 going into yesterday's ball game at home. So we have two consecutive losses by the Yanks at home, you know, to Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay took three of four from them in, in Tampa. So, yeah, that's five of six. Um, Tampa's a good team. They got some great arms. Um and again, some good timely hitting. Sure, George, when he comes on, I would love to talk about the Fernando Tatis stuff that's going on. He had another home run today, so that's number 12. I don't know if it was on 3-0 pitch or not, but uh, the kid's on fire. Looks like he's better than his old man. Let's see here, any others? Houston, they lost Yordano uh, Alvarez. They just got him back, and now he's gone. And he's done for the rest of the year with a torn uh, knee patellin. KG Mize uh, debuted today for Detroit. From what I've seen, he had some be- some really nasty stuff. Uh, splitter looked real good, fastball good. So he looks like he might be a great building block for them. Let's see what else we have here. So once again, uh, we had Michael Conforto hit a game-winning home run for the Mets. That was a game that the bullpen. Uh, gave up the lead, cost the ground uh, the win. Hold on. George, Aloha, sir. Yeah, I got you. Oh. Welcome. How's work? Thank you. Work sucks. It's uh, it's work. It's, you know, it's 
I go into the quarry in eight hours, I leave the quarry. No big deal. So what what did so I the, miss in the first seven minutes? Well, I did talk about really quickly. I went over uh, the hockey stuff. Uh, you had Tampa Bay, Boston, and Colorado all advanced today. Uh, Montreal uh, holding tough, trying to force the game six here. Uh, they're up 4-3. I quickly touched on, you know, Tampa Bay's dominance over the Yankees right now. I also uh, touched on how the Mets cannot get out of the way to give Jacob the Grom a win. No, that's – that guy, man, he's going to win the Cy Young again and legitimately. it. it he's going to be lucky if he – wins like three games this year. Like no, he, it, might it, be, he might be the first Hall of Famer with under 100 wins, the way the Mets are going. It's possible. It is <laughs> definitely possible. But see, like, he is going to be the first advanced analytics guy. Like, he's already the first advanced analytics guy to win Cy Young and stuff like that. Like, Actually, I think uh, Felix was the first one when, it, when he won, like, 11 games that one year. Yeah, but Felix was like year. 11. I mean, no, but I do agree. Like, he one, is – But that's one year. He's the bronze career is going to have to use that, yeah. He's on pace to be the – the lowest win total Hall of Famer among the starting pitchers. Yeah. And, that, you know, and, and, and the distinction went to Sandy Koufax, but Sandy was outright unhittable, and you know, until his arthritis was so bad in his elbow. They couldn't throw. I mean, the Grom to me – it's almost like if he leaves the Mets and he, like, if he went to the Phillies, like, if it was him and not Wheeler that goes to, to Philly, mm-hmm. you'd almost say, but is he this good? Because what had happened would be he, he'd have the same numbers, but they, the Phillies averaged four runs a game this year, five runs a game, whatever they're averaging this year. It's, it's a big number. Like that's what she said. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like I, I just I, I kind of look at the like the Grom's career is it's it's gonna suck that he's a Met for his entire career. Yeah, I think he's one of the ones that like he he's severely affected by being a Met. I mean. It's sad too, because like I look at their team, and they got a good he, hitting team. But Angel, I'll, I'll say this: Is he severely affected because he's a Met, or is he? And is he severely impacted because he's a Met because they play in City National Field? You know, I. Yeah, you, know, you think they? Do you think the players actually take a step back? Knowing that uh, he's pitching, 
Like, do they feel like they don't have to give it their all? Well, I I, I look at it in two ways. I, well, From, I, I, it, he's facing everybody's ace. Like, he's facing Nola. He's facing, like, he's facing aces. He's not going up against, you know, the fifth starter. He's not going up against the bullpen game. He's going up against an ace. So, yeah, in, in some part, is it – do they take a step back? Possibly. You know, is it the fact that they're facing better pitching on the days he's throwing? Yeah. You know, I think of all the pitchers that actually have been hurt by the universal DH, it's probably him. And the reason why I say that is I know there was three games last year. <laughs> there was three games last year that he actually drove in the winning runs in his games that he pitched in. I talk about doing so it all for not- yourself. I mean, exactly. Like, like Rojas said, let him hit. You don't have to use a DH. Let let the Grom hit for himself because. You know, nobody else is doing it for him. No. Nobody else. And, listen, as a Yankee fan, I can care a lot. But, as a baseball fan, you know, you look at this guy and you cry because he is absolutely filthy dominant and he's lucky if he gets double-digit wins in a season. And he's lucky. And you have guys, and they really who, just don't hit. And you have guys who are half as good, or aren't even three quarters half as good as him. Win ten games like it's nothing. Yeah. There's relievers who come in and get more wins than he does. Yeah. Like Pi Tornada, like that guy could get ten wins in a year. Degrom. It, it, you know, it, it makes. Like I said, you know, this lineup. You know, this lineup should be able to protect their pitchers, and if you, they should be able to get their pitchers at least three to four runs a game, and with a with an ace and a stud like Degrom, all you need to do is give them that three to four runs a game. See, remember, like in years past, like you'd always have a guy in a rotation at, like, I think it was the year Rick Porcello won the Cy Young and won 22 games and whatever it was. They were averaging, like, six wins a game for him. You know, and it's like, oh, he won 23 games. All right, he had a low ERA, not saying he didn't. But, like, you just look at it and go, the guy that's after him or following him that gets two runs a game going, can't you save a little bit of that for tomorrow? <clears throat> I think it's a little bit no. of stand back and watch, though. It, it, I'll, I'll take this into another sport. Do you think the Washington Capitals should have won more than they have? Yes. Why? Because all those guys do is stand back and watch Ovechkin. 
Exactly. It's a shame. You know, this guy scores 600 goals. And he should win more. But it's just like, pass it up and let's watch him. And let's be bedazzled. Uh, he bedazzled me last night. Nah, he, yeah, he was on point last night. Interesting series. It is. I think it ends tomorrow, but yeah, I mean, it was interesting for a while. Well, you know, Washington... I mean, if the Islanders blow this, I'd be happy. You would be as a Ranger fan, but... Yes. What is blowing this concern? Like, to me, blowing this brings a game seven. Whether you win game seven or not, it's a blown series if you get to seven after being up 3-0 or you are dominating the gap. Correct. They were sleeping the whole series. Yeah. Now now you wonder if they have been awakened. You know, you, you wonder. Yeah. It's just like. It's just like when the Rangers played the Capitals, you know, and they had those really big epic wars. And, you know, Alex, you know, he flipped the switch, and he can, listen, even at his advanced age, he can still control games. And we know that's for a fact. advanced age, he's 34. Do you see all the the salt in that pepper? I mean, granted, yes, he's got all that salt and pepper, but he's only like 34. Like, he's in the league the same amount of time Crosby is. Yes. And since we, we touched on hockey, uh, since we touched on hockey real quick, I do want to say um, rest in peace, Dale Howard Chuck. Um, Yes. Passed away with cancer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sucked for Ducky was such a great guy. Um, I saw you Barney talk, you talk about post something on Facebook. About that? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. He's definitely – he was one of the all-time greats. Yeah. yeah, like I, I was – you know, I saw Barnaby post something on Facebook about um, and You know, it's just – like, he was doing good, went in remission, and then it just came back, and it ultimately, you know, took its final toll on him. And, and that's a shame, because he's one of those, you know, if you grew up in the 80s and 90s watching hockey, Ducky was one of the best, and um, that's a guy who's going to be missed, because he had a yep. lot more to give the game. You, know, you look at all, all the greats in that era. You talk about, you know, you put him up there with the LaFontaines, the Gretzkys, the Messiers. You know, he Think was about absolutely. It. Buffalo had all those guys. The fact that the Sabers never won is a crime when they had McGilney and LaFontaine and and Andrew Chuck and 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 Ducky and and Robert with May and Ray and and Bam and Bam, Bam. I mean. Those teams are phenomenal, and they just could, and they, yeah. and they all they ran in, they either ran into Boston or Montreal or you know towards the end of it the Devils like it just was like why are like and they, they had, just 
they had great uh, in between the pipes too because they had fewer. They had uh, um, Jesus uh, Hashik. Hashik. So they, they had good, right? They had good goaltending to go along with it, and they had some super firepower. Super firepower yeah. with McGinley and Lafontaine. I mean, it was like I think it was one year Lafontaine scored ninety three points in like fifty games. Yeah. Like. I think he had ninety. He had ninety something points in fifty three games. Holy cow! Like you forget how great. Now let's not forget Pierre Turgeon, who was in the deal with the Islanders for Lafontaine. Like, mm-hmm. their only problem was the Bruins of the late eighties were a gong show. You know, and, and they just never. They had that one run in '99, and, and that was it. Yeah, they, they really. But again, I think it's a shame. But I think they're another team that, you know, looks back at Hasek and go, "Okay, we only need one tonight." Well, they got two. Oh shit! And that's what Hasek's standing on his head. Yeah. Like, and that's why any. Fan today tells me how much they love the show, the shootout. Granted, it has helped the third and goaltender achieve numbers he probably wouldn't be anywhere near, but whatever. Like, those games between Marty and, and Hashik and Hashik and Watt, I, I don't, I'm sure you'd look it up, but I don't remember it. But I can at least remember two or three Hashik Prodor, nothing, nothing times. And that for a hockey fan, that game you were on the edge of your seat the whole night. I mean, they some like nothing, nothing ties in the playoffs go into like two and three overtimes. Like they were like those series were crazy. Yep. It's like it's almost a sin to have a loser in that type of a game. Yeah, and that's why I have a huge problem with the shootout. I got it. I understood it. But, damn, somebody does not deserve I guess it, to lose, take an L after, after a, a giving. I guess that's a lot like the runner on second base for overtime, I mean, for extra innings now. You know, it's like one of those... But again, I, under, but again, I understand why they're doing it. I, I, I agree with you. I definitely understand it. Um, I was having a conversation the other day, and I was like, listen, I'm not a fan of it. However, you know, just like I'm not a fan of the seven-inning doubleheaders. But, to be honest with you, I understand it. I feel it. I think it's needed for this season. You know, in order to get through the season, you have to kind of, I don't want to say rush it along, but this is how you rush it along. You know, this is how you eliminate uh, leaving New York at 2 o'clock in the morning because you played until 1. You know, so I Me guess, and you are going to differ on the seven-inning doubleheaders, and we're going we're gonna to definitely differ on the runner on second. I like the runner on second. I don't like it in 10th inning. You want to do it in the 12th, 
go right the fuck ahead. But in the 10th, but you know what? These games are still going to 12. You know, like, they're still not, like, ending in the first because nobody's busting a runner over. Nobody's hitting behind the runner. You know, oh, by the way, uh, Montreal did uh, beat Philadelphia today 5-3. That right. just went final, and now you got the Vancouver and St. Louis going on. You know, I, I tell you, I said before the playoffs started, I could see Philly and Montreal going seven. They historically do. It, it could. I could definitely see it go seven because as good as Carter Hart can be, as good as the Flyers can be, Gary Price can steal a game. Gary Price can yeah. steal a series. And if you're Tampa and Boston, are you sitting there praying that goes seven and Montreal wins? Yup. Absolutely. Because <coughs> if it holds serve and a Philly wins and the Islanders win, your second round matchup is Boston and Tampa. Which, if they had the normal playoffs, it was probably going to be Boston and Tampa round two. And to me, that's that's what the league wants. Well, two prominent teams going toe-to-toe swinging at each other. Yeah. And that's what they wanted last year. And that's, you know, like, that's what they should have gotten last year, but they didn't, obviously, because Tampa got swept. But, Still like, I, I, I look at – I'm not – it's too hard to turn it on after you've turned it off. And they turned it off, Agreed. like, the beginning of May, beginning of March. So, like – And Columbus have been playing playoff games for months. Like, if you really look at it, the Islanders are only are the only team that played in the the qualifier that are in position to move on. You know, everybody killed Boston. Oh, they didn't play well in the in the round robin. Okay, they treated it as so an what? exhibition series. Yeah where the Flyers played it as if it was a playoff round. And that could come back to bite them. Because you don't want to burn your players out. So, you know, there's something said about, you know, keeping uh, the pedal to the metal and just grinding people to death. Yeah. Especially after four months off. I mean, look, yep. the Flyers picked up where they left off. That's because Carter Hart was playing phenomenal. Like, does he become the next Brian Boucher there? 
Well, they have such a hard time getting a consistent person. Like you'll get the Brzezvalos for a year. You'll you'll get the sure. you'll get that, but there's no. You know, the sad thing is they probably haven't had a consistent goalie since Sexball. Yeah. And yeah, you take it. Take it for what you will in terms of do you consider Hextall an elite goaltender, which I don't. Uh, but once again, it's, um, you know, they haven't had anything consistent between the pipes since then. <coughs> no. All right, so no, but that's there still... is a – go ahead. What's that? No, I was going to say there is uh... – Another upset alert going on right now in the NBA, but I don't want to jinx the team like I jinxed them yesterday. So, well, with, first thing you know, is again thrown out of the game tonight. Don't you dare start. <laughs> leave KP alone. You leave him alone. He, oh, I thought it was He might terrible. sneeze on somebody and get tossed out for a violation of uh, COVID testing. That was horrible last night. Two nights ago, whatever night it was, that was terrible. Yeah, that, that was the other night. Yeah, that. You know, I was watching it with you. You know, when we we're doing the show, I saw him walking away. I was like, "Did he get hurt or something?" Because I didn't really, because I was focused on the show at that time. I see him walking away. Yeah. I'm like, "What's going on?" And Luca played amazing. Yeah. But uh, he had a couple of turnovers late, but, you know, he really is, you know, he's going to be MVP, i say, within the next two or three years. He could be. I think that, to be honest, until he doesn't want it anymore. Right. Or they get tired of giving it to him. Well, you figure it should be his this year. So him or Giannis? <clears throat> oh, I think it's Giannis. Like Giannis is like so heavily favored to win it. You know, it's not even funny. Like he is. Like, I think he's like minus eight hundred or something. Something stupid. The way, like, can we say? Uh, you know, but he's. Can we say. Welcome back, Matt Harvey. Right, where's he playing now? He started today for the first time of the season for Kansas City. He lost. <laughs> but uh, it looks like his line looked pretty good. Uh, it looks like he got tired in the third inning. Uh, but three, you know, three innings, uh, three runs, four strikeouts, two walks. Not a bad return. The dark night has remember come back. When he, remember when he was the great net. You know, I tell you, if you're a Mets pitcher and they start calling you the next Steve or the next Doc, just need Tommy John surgery and get the hell out of New York. Because it does not end well for you. No. Well, well, you had Generation K with Paul Sulfur, uh, Isringhausen, and was it Paul Wilson, I Wilson. think it was? 
Yeah, so yep. you had Generation K. They all fizzled out except for, well, Israel Houser did fizzle and then uh, resurrected Became himself, a dominant uh, elsewhere. Yes. Um, who else was uh, prominent in terms of the next great one? It was supposed to be Harvey, DeGrom, Syndergaard, and Wheeler. And Matt's, I mean, they they were going to have five studs if Harvey didn't become a head case. Yeah, about that. How that work out? One out of five ain't bad. Oh, Syndergaard's not terrible. Wheeler, unfortunately, lost two years to Tommy John, and he looks phenomenal in red pinstripes. By the way, what a great trade that was. That was Beltran to uh, uh, yeah. for Wheeler. Beltran for Wheeler. Yeah, you know, that when he played uh, yeah. when he got traded to San Francisco. Was that yeah. Sandy? Yep, great trade on that. Sandy one. Or Omar. I don't, I don't remember if it was Sandy or Omar. Forget. I mean, look, it worked out for both teams. I mean, it helped the Mets out. The only problem was Wheeler, unfortunately, go for Tommy John in the last two years. You know, his 18 was good. His 19 was great. Now he's a Philly because the Mets didn't want to pay him. Uh, thank you very as much. much. As much yeah. You know, and, he, and he's I mean, look, you look at the Phillies. You got Nola and him, one, two in your rotation. Let them get to a short series. That's always the, the fear with the Mets. Like, you get into the short series with the Mets when they had everybody going. Nobody wants to play yeah. that team. Yeah. Now it's like you almost punt. The game versus uh, the Grom, and you go after that secondary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Matt Matt is up and down a lot. Yeah, he, he's very inconsistent. After that, I couldn't tell you a Matt starter. Syndergaard, whatever Syndergaard's going to be, he needs to start banging out Scooper again. But, like, he just... Did have... Is Doc in the Miners hiding somewhere? Is who? Bring back, bring back El Cid. I think he'll be more consistent than Max. Yeah. I mean, Max, when he came up, was that, that his first start was tremendous. Like, his stuff is good. You know, you look at, you know, he should be a double-digit winner. He should be a solid number three. Yeah. You know, to have that type of stuff as, as a power lefty, you know, I think it's all in his head. Yeah, he needs a little bit more bulldog mentality. Yeah. You know, like, 
that was what was great when they got Mike Hampton. They got a bulldog. You know, like they just need a like outlier bulldog mentality. John Lester is the best bulldog pitcher I've in the major league today because he's going to give you six. It may not be great, but he's going to give you six, and he's going to work through some. I can't. Uh, I can't disagree with that. You know, and they're scary in the, the short best. years. Yeah, because you got to go against Kendrick. You got to go against Lester. If Quintana ever gets healthy, you know they they got uh, they got Garbage. some solid pieces there. Yep. Dumry, Kimbrel in the ninth. That lineup. Well, Kimbrel. Kimbrel has not been Kimbrel. No. Like but, he has he know, has like, been Kimbrel since uh, I want to say 2018 in the first half. That's the last time Kimbrel oh, was dominant. Yeah. No, before I mean, he last off. year was hard. To, yeah, but last year was hard because he didn't sign until June 1st, and. You know, it's just a confidence thing, too, you know? Hey, keep running them out there, you know? I mean, Jesus Christ, he, he ran out stroping Carl Edwards so fucking much, it wasn't even funny. But. Yeah, I think the, the yeah, stuff is still there, right? He's, he's still high 90s. Yeah. He just got to get a better, better tilt. And it also, look, even this year, he didn't have a spring training. You know, like, he didn't have a great year last year. Now he doesn't have a full spring training. And, you know, this is going to happen. Like, not everybody has JT Realmuto behind the plate. Wow. I mean, I, I just want Marietta bounce. No, I was just going to say, I just wanted to just give a quick heads up. St. Louis has played two more games today. They're up to 13. We hit a milestone. Yeah, and the Marlins are coming back there. Well, did you expect them to be, you know, above ground? No. That team, you know, listen, you know what? Credit Mattingly, um, he hasn't played hard. They don't have the talent, though. No. You know, let's be honest. They they really don't have the talent. They, you know, I guess Jeter saw when uh, Manley's contract was coming up. Why make a change? You got a good manager there. What are you going to do? Yeah. Make a change to bring somebody lesser in? Yeah, I think Jeter still yeah. wants to kind of ingrain the, the, the Yankee way into Miami, just like how Willie Randolph wanted to ingrain the Yankee way into the Mets, and then the Mets didn't like that, so they fired him. And they haven't you been know, good I, since, I, I, except exclude the last two years with uh, Terry Collins. But, like, I look at but, all that stuff. When you're trying to ingrain something else, you know, yeah, you can ingrain the, the Yankee way in. You can ingrain the Patriot way in. You can 
Morgan and Gray in the Edmonton way in, or Detroit way, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Guys got to buy into that shit. Like, the Knicks were never going to buy into the triangle offense. So, no matter what Phil Jackson did it with the Knicks, guys like Carmelo were never going to buy in. Well, you know, I think I think that's a wrong statement because you know what? As president, he's not really around the team. Like, um, yeah. my friends, my friend at work uh, when I worked in the city was on the bus coming back downtown, and Jackson was on the bus. He actually snapped a picture of Jackson <laughs> on the bus, and Jackson was like all zoned out. So, he's not engaging the players. So, why should the players feel engaged in doing the triangle? For Frank Nelikina, they reported that he was sleeping during the, uh, the workouts for, I think, it was the kid Jackson, Josh Jackson. Yeah. So, was he really truly vested in the team, or was he just collecting a $12 million paycheck? Nothing wrong with collecting a twelve million dollar paycheck. Well, listen, I get that, but you know, look at where it was. You know, I mean, it also wasn't. It also wasn't this the right. He wasn't the right person. Uh, you know what? At that time, people were chanting for Dolan to sell the team, like they are now. Um, mm-hmm. So he he did what he thought was correct in terms of. Bringing somebody in like the way he did with the Rangers, he brought in um, Sather and Sather, and he let Sather run the team. And for the most part, you know the, the Rangers had enjoyed great success in the Sather. A couple eggshells here and there, but for the most part, it's been a strong. Yeah. Like it, it, it's amazing how one franchise is the epitome of consistency. You really don't hear any uh, controversies out of the Rangers. And then you look and, at and let's the Knicks. Forget. Um, and Knicks have been a shit show. Because New York doesn't care about hockey. You know, Dolan doesn't care about the Rangers. Owning the Rangers is part of owning Madison Square Garden. He doesn't care about the Rangers. That's why Sather got carte blanche as long as he did to do what he did. You know, Dolan doesn't know hockey. Well, he doesn't know basketball either. No, but he likes basketball. You know, he can't sit courtside at a Ranger game. No. You know. He can sit courtside in a Knicks game. You know, and, and like, the the biggest problem with New York is this. You don't have to play in New York to be on Madison Avenue anymore. No. Michael, Michael no, Jordan proved money that. anywhere. Like, Michael you Jordan proved anywhere. that. You don't have to be a Nick to be – you know, uh, uh, commer- in commercials, to be a, you know, 
LeBron's proving that. Granted, LeBron went to L.A. for no other reason than, you know, he wanted to get his other shit going. You know, the TV, the movies, the podcasts, the television shows, whatever are you, the fuck else he's into. Are you interested in, interested in watching Space Jam 2? No. And when I saw those fucking uniforms, that's a hard fuck no. No, I have no interest in it. Because it's not a movie that should have been remade. It was perfect the way it was. By the way, it's 1-1 Vancouver and St. Louis. Let me guess. Ryan O'Reilly scored for St. Louis. Wait a second. Nope. It was, <laughs> I'm sorry. It was uh, Brady Shen. Isn't it amazing that they were shit with Tarasenko? They let him leave to get his shoulder looked at. And now all of a sudden they're playing good hockey again? Wow, you almost want to say, well, you haven't played, you've been really good without him all year. And all he's doing now is, and I, I think I said this on one of the shows, I don't know if it was with you or on, on the other, the Saturday night show. It was kind of like the way Duke forced Kyrie Irving back in, and it just didn't work. Right. You know, it was like that year with the Rangers when Hank missed the entire season, and then playoffs come, and it's like, oh, we got to play Hank. Well, why? Because he's getting paid the most? Because you're afraid against second guess? Um, we've all seen that there are coaches who have balls and are not afraid against second guess. Pete DeBoer, anybody? <clears throat> yeah, you wonder if uh, Flurry's going to see the going to see the ice soon. When was the last time he played? Game three, and he was Mark Andre Flurry of all. Look, Flurry's what thirty six now. I know Vegas just signed them to a you know an extension last summer. But you almost kind of wonder, is the cabinet going to be too fair to re-sign Robin Leonard? Right. Malcolm Subban would never have seen the ice. Like if they no. don't get Leonard, I could probably have looked at their regular season schedule from the trade deadline on. And I could have told you exactly which game that Malcolm Subban was going to play. One was New Jersey. The other one was Detroit. Outside of that, you were going to have to play Flower every night. And Flower's not 30 anymore. No. So, they they played a, a Sunday night right before the deadline, I think it was against Anon. And the game was an absolute gong show. I believe they wound up winning the game. But Zuban was terrible. And I remember talking to a member of their radio team after the game, and I said, Zuban's as good as gone. 
And he was like, what? What do you mean? How? I said, I don't know who's available, but if there's a goaltender available, rest assured that's going to be the move. Sure shit, it was Robin Leonard. And, like, people out there could not understand why Subban was getting traded. I'm going, really? Like, really? You're, could it be that you're really he's not tough really player? that good? You think? He couldn't win a game of Providence. He was yeah. terrible for, in the Bruins organization. I, I said last year going into the trade deadline, that the move for Vegas to make is Keith Kincaid. All right? The Devils got barely anything in return for him. They could have made the trade Gusev for Kincaid and a pick because the Devils would have given you a pick for, for Gusev. And the last year, I don't think they whimper out against San Jose the same way if they have Kincaid down the stretch. And I'm not saying Keith Kincaid is the second coming of Marty Brodeur either, but no. Kincaid or Subban, give me Keith Kincaid. Think a hundred times times Friday, you take uh, Keith Kincaid over Subban. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know if Flower plays the next round. I, maybe Pete goes back to the other every other game shit. Look, game one, Leonard stood on his head. Leonard was fantastic. Okay, you go back to him for game two. All right, you win that game in overtime. All right, now you got a back-to-back. All right, we'll go to Flower one game. I thought that you go back to Flower the next day. And granted, that game Sunday night, it was a 2-1 game. Or whatever day was it Sunday night. It was a two-one game. Corey Crawford stood on his head. He showed flashes of greatness. He showed what he used to be one night. Vegas had every opportunity to tie and win that game, and they just did it. Last night, they were like sharks that smelled water in the third. Sharks that smelled blood in the um, third period. Do you want to throw up now or, or later? What's that? You want to throw up now or later? Why, what happened? Ryan O'Reilly, Cole scored. 2-1 St. Louis. That's what that guy does. He scores big goals. He's like Chris Carter. All Chris Carter did was catch touchdown passes. All Ryan O'Reilly does is score in the playoffs. Who's playing the net for them? For St. Louis? Yeah. Be Allen. Hold on. Yeah, Jake Allen. When are you going to go back to Bennington? Uh, Jake Allen's not beating Vegas. Jake Allen's not beating Colorado. You know, I don't know. Like, the Dallas-Calgary series is going to be interesting to see what comes out of that. 
because let's just say Vegas gets either Dallas or Calgary. Vegas is being both of those teams and most likely five. <clears throat> Colorado, St. Louis, you're going to have to go to Bennington because Allen's not beating them. No. No, I love Colorado. I love me some Avalanche. But Arizona stumped. Like, Arizona played well. They, you could tell they're they're up and coming. Do they re-sign Taylor Hall becomes a question. Because he, he, he was non-existent now in this round. Right. Like, he was really good There's in that really... first round. Yeah, he was definitely a no-show this one. And you wonder how much that has an effect over his value going into free agency. Fast Buck Phil was was um, a no-show in this round. They had a lot of no-shows in this round. For as great as Darcy Kemper played in the first round, he was terrible in this round. They just ran into a buzzsaw. But they stopped competing. Did they go seven to one again tonight? No. I don't think so. Oh. I think it was uh, a lot closer than that. That was. Let's see one. That was tonight. So back to back games. They lost the They needed Kyler Murray to help them at Kingsbury. I mean, how do you go and give up 14 goals in two games in the playoffs? Like, that to me is mind-boggling. Yeah, it was the Kadri and McKinnon show today. They lit them, they lit them up. Oof. And, and here's the thing with Kadri. When is somebody going to start fucking playing that guy like and, and making the real Nazem Kadri show up? Good player. Don't get me wrong. He's a very good hockey player. But that guy is a fucking dirtbag. And you're going to need somebody to fucking put a stick in his dick. Stick in his teeth. Stick in his dick. And make him fucking turn into the shithead that he is. Lions, Tigers don't train your strikes. He's a shithead. Hmm. I mean, he cost Toronto that series last year against Boston. All you need is, like, one guy to start getting under his skin. Ryan Reeves or, God, anybody on that fucking St. Louis team. Start hitting them. You'll see what he is. Yeah, how many I mean, points did Hall have in this series? One, maybe. Eesh. 
Not good. But that's going into. But that's the problem with Taylor Hall. He is a tremendous talent, but he's extremely streaky. And guys with that much talent aren't on their fourth team before their thirty for a re- for no reason. Right. And if Arizona doesn't re-sign him, which I honestly don't think they should, because it's it's not worth what they have to give New Jersey. If they re-sign them, yeah. it, it becomes a two. You already gave him your one this year. Now you're giving him a two this year if you re-sign him? Fuck that. Ain't worth it. You know, it's different if he showed up and he proved that he's a franchise player. Like, if the Tyler Hall of 18 shows up, and he's the MVP, and he shows up, and he balls out. Listen, you lose, you lose. But if he balls out, All right. then, then I, you say, I go okay, back you know, to that 18 let's go for it. He had a great run until they started seeing number one goaltender. They saw a lot of backups. And that's why they get off to the run they did. And then they were leading the conference, and they go, wait, hold on. Can we please play fucking number one goaltenders against the team? And then they start seeing number one goaltenders, and it was over for them. And then they were fucking Tom Payne and all the way down the fucking standing. They almost missed the playoffs that year, and they were number one. In, they were leading the division on, like, Christmas. Yep. That usually doesn't happen. Everybody opposite of the same move. Yeah, I can't recall a team that actually that happened to. Because they, they were actually, what, number, what, two or three overall in the league, right? They were at least one. They were probably in the top three, yeah. And then yeah, they like start I, I want to give him credit for. I want to give him hit, credit for hitting one for a week or so. I, I'm thinking like consistently. Yeah. Yeah, I say they were consistently number three, and they almost they almost missed the whole thing completely. Yeah. But yeah, that's what happens when uh, coaches see you as a Mickey Mouse organization, and they decide to play their backups. You know, Jersey well, gets no respect. No, not at, why would they get any respect? You know, they were also aided by they played a ton of home games in in October and November. You know, like I don't think they went out to Vegas until March. Like I, I don't think they had like their you know they usually have like their big long road trip to the West Coast in March. You know that didn't. That was a lot on them. Like they played Chicago. Chicago played their backup. 
Like they, they just, they're just, it's just a weird sense with him. And, you know, how funny is it the year he leaves Edmonton, McDavid takes over that team and gets them, you know, a, a goal or game or two away from the conference final. I mean, He's a good player. Don't get like I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying when you look at it from a perspective of it, it, it's like PK Subban. Guys who are that good aren't on their third freaking team. Obviously, yep. it's the guy. People get sick of his shit. The devil's got sick of Taylor Hall's shit. And he didn't want to be there, and he played like it. So I guess you're not believing the rumors that saying that you know he has a good chance of going back to Jersey after this. I don't think so. Look, Jersey's going to be in there because Jersey has the most cap space of anybody. But I don't see Tom so Fitzgerald bringing him back. So who do you see as New Jersey's holy grail in free agency? Braden Holpe. I think they're a goaltender away from competing for a playoff spot. If on the Devils, I you 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 almost have to. I I think they're two players away, and God, I wish Boston would just resign the one guy that I'm thinking. Like, I, I would make a huge play at extending Kyle Palmieri. I would make a huge play for Corey Krug and Braden Holby. So if they were to hit that trifecta, you think they're, they're back in, the in business? Oh yeah, and a heartbeat. Holy and and I, the first thing I and the first thing I would do is put the C on Paul Mary's chest because that guy is the heart and soul of that team. I would never extend a Nico Heischer, but that's just me. I don't think he's as good as – I don't think he's a $7 million a year player. No. No. Like, I, I, I don't understand how your first-line center can't get 60 points. I just don't. I, I don't think he's – I think if his career was as good as Ryan Callahan's, I think he'd be the best player to ever come out of wherever the fuck he's from. But I don't think he's, I don't think he's a first-line center. I, I, I think the Devils need one of those, and those guys aren't hard to find. And when they, they're not, they don't come available very often. I wonder, I wonder if. Uh... 
they can do something with Dallas for Sagan. I think that would be a really interesting fit. You talk about number one centers. I think it would be a very interesting fit. I don't know who they would have to play with Tyler Sagan. And and let's not forget, Sagan's best years, he was playing a wing. Right. You know, on the precursor to the perfection line. I mean, because, like, you look at, you know, like, I, I look at it this way. I think Devil's downspin or tailspin, wherever you want to turn it, whatever way you want to term it, was trading the ninth overall pick for Corey Schneider. You cannot tell me that guy was worth number nine overall. No. He he was given the job in Vancouver and couldn't keep it. Which meant, you know, Ricky Bob, what the fuck? What was Borat's name in Ricky Bobby? What's that? Boucher? Bobby Boucher? Bobby Boucher? Yeah, like, ah, fuck, I can't think of his name now. I just watched the movie like two weeks ago. But, like, Bobby Lou took that job from him after they took it away from Bobby Lou. And to give the ninth overall pick for him, which then pissed off Marty, I understand, like, the way Lou used to do business, but Jesus Christ. There's some guys you don't piss off. And you don't piss off Marty oh. Bradford if you're the New Jersey Devils. All right, we got a call coming in. Hold on. Hi, right, Lou. Your favorite douchebag is here. Hi, Lou. Hey, Lou. Hello. Speaking of New Jersey, you know, being that I am from New Jersey, he don't mess with Brodeur. I mean, you know, the Stanley Cups, he's won. You know, he, was a dang, he was a dangerous player. You don't mess with a guy like that. Now, with Marty, I mean, he was dangerous. I mean, I didn't think he was ever going to be as good as Patrick Waugh, but uh, <laughs> proved that wrong. I mean, because Waugh was also, you know, one of the greatest in his day, too. And up until Marty came along, that was the top goalie in the NHL. Yeah. Still is, in my opinion. Yeah, probably the best. He still he is the best, in my opinion. Like, my humble opinion, okay. he's the best. It's like Mario Lemieux, to me, is the best player ever. Even better than Gretzky? Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, Mario Lemieux with the defensive okay. Well, I gotta <laughs> give you that. I mean, you know, but well, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. He was better all around, but I, I still love Gretzky more. So do yeah. I. It, there's not look. I'm not saying that that picking either guy is, is wrong. For my money, Mario Lemieux was. The greatest player I've ever seen. Better than me? Like, Bobby Orr's the greatest defenseman that's ever played the game. That's a given. That's a given. Wayne Gretzky is the best playmaker that's ever played the game. Mario Lemieux is the best player to ever play the game. And Mm. when you start looking at, like, Mario Lemieux's career, 
and the fact that he lost it because of his back. He lost because of labor disputes. He lost because of the Hodgkins. Yeah. And you look where his final numbers were. Gretzky passes Gretzky. Just like Yager. I think if Yager doesn't lose parts of seasons and stuff, I think Yager passes Gretzky too. Hmm. I don't know about Yager. I mean, you gotta admit, um, you gotta admit though, with um, after Lemieux got the Hoskins, he didn't. I didn't think he was gonna be the same player because you know he, you know, because that can make somebody very weak. And I don't know if you can be the same player as once where you come down with something like that. But he certainly proved that wrong too. Well, he did, but you know, and it wasn't overnight. I mean, you know, no. he had more return. He had more, you know, returns than the kiss. <laughs> you know, he had more return doors than Kiss did. Yes. But almost as much as Brett Favre. Almost as many as Brett Favre. But almost. You know, for my money, and and look, Mario Mario played against and Brodor and mm-hmm. Richter. Like, he played against better goaltending than Gretzky did. Huh. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I don't know. You look at the beginning of Gretzky's career, you know, like look when Lemieux started in 83. Goaltending was so much better. The league was bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't go to a team that was ready to win the cup. You know, it took Mario, what, eight year, eight full seasons to win his first cup? So, yeah, I give Mario. I, I think, I, for my money, Mario was better than Gretzky. Plus, Mario would fight. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, Gretzky, Gretzky didn't have a fight. Have to fight. He had uh, McSorley with him right. the whole time. Oh, Gretzky and couldn't. To, fight. And to be honest with, well, okay, but would you, if he could fight? It, okay, so Mario Lemieux. Would you rather have Mario Lemieux fighting? Oh, I'm not saying I would rather no. have him fighting. Not, no. But I'm saying, if you know, Mario also, Mario used to hit people. Too. I mean, you know, it wasn't just—it's not the, just the fighting. Mario was. Well, he's Mario a player. could play the body. Yeah, he's a, he's a completely different player. You're 100 percent right. Right. Yeah, but, he's a bigger player. He's uh, you know, he was definitely a lot stronger than Gretzky. Yeah. Better face-off guy. He was. And, and, and let's not forget, Gretzky lost a half a season, too. Gretzky would be well over 900 goals, too. I mean. Yes. Like, can Ovechkin pass Gretzky? I think so. Yes. Will it mean the same thing? I don't know. Well, it is a rather great accomplishment to pass the legend. I mean, just like when Gretzky passed Gordy Howe. Of course, I know it's a different generation, but still, I mean, you know. That was a record that stood for decades, and nobody thought they were going to be that his record be broken. So it's set on March twenty third, two nineteen ninety four. Yeah, but let's also remember, like Gretzky has more assists than Gordy Howe at points. Yes. 
like, like even when Messier passed Gordy Howe, it was like, all right, whatever. You know, I'm not saying anybody's wrong in this. I'm just, you know, like my opinion is it's it's Mario, and the Devils were one loss away from getting married. Mm. How much different are the Devils? Well, now they're now they're a dump heap. No, it's ownership. Yeah, and it's terrible I mean, ownership right now. Well, yeah, but that's because those guys are not. They're like Dolan. They're not <laughs> hockey guys. And when you own mm. two teams in two different cities, like who's your master? You know, you you can't own the Sixers and own the Devils. Because the people that work for you ultimately are not Jersey people. You know, like, there are a lot of South Philly or South Jersey, Philly area people. And that, oh, yeah. and that, and that doesn't help sell because you don't know. Like, here's a perfect example. I had double season tickets because my wife wanted I got rid of the devil season tickets because of where I work. If the guy who sits there and is trying to get you back doesn't understand that you work for where I, where I do, and it mm-hmm. literally is one of the main ways to get people to and from your games, that just shows that you don't know the area. All right, so Mario was four inches hot, you know, larger than Wayne. So he's you, probably you about 60 that pounds out too. Yeah. He's a train, you know, and, you know, you look at their different – like, he, Gretzky was built to score goals and to make plays. Like, he was definitely one of the greatest yeah. passers that ever came, came into this league. Yeah. I, I, I think that – when you can make Marty McSorley a 30-goal scorer, you're God. Yeah. I I mean, I also had this conversation last night, funny enough mm-hmm. as it is, with with Lacator. And he, he will hold steadfast that even guys in the league will say it's Mario, not Gretzky. Gretzky changed the game, yes. You know, like yes. he brought non-traditional hockey markets into hockey. You know, like nobody thought L.A. would work, and it's it's caused three extra teams to it, – it, you have two more teams in California because of Gretzky. You know, you're having kids. Yeah, Eric, you're Eric having Donna. California. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's it's – it's it's why Vegas works, like because people mm-hmm. because the Kings used to play preseason games in Vegas, you know, and people all right, you know, people started to get into hockey. Granted, they got really into hockey when <laughs> they got their own team. Like, I, I want to ask you guys this because I catch so much crap on you know, my other shows with this when it comes to Vegas. 
Do you feel they got too good too Uh, yeah, I think I did. I mean, although I wasn't surprised although that they did get uh, they did good get... so fast. Like, oh. well, I gotta see if my AirPods will pick up because I just got home. Uh-huh. All right, that'll work. I'm actually, you know, very happy to see a team get. You know, good quickly. You know, and it just shows you what a skilled person running an organization can do. You know, because, mm-hmm. you know, there there was a lot of true trades that had to happen. Um, you know, picking up the right people, you know, draft, you know, drafting the right people. You got to scout these teams to find those hidden gems. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, I mean, the greatest team ever put together in hockey I think the line was I'm not looking for the best ones I'm looking for the right ones correct mm-hmm. and George McPhee definitely and look they got helped out they got helped out because Matt Murray had just won two Stanley Cups for Pittsburgh and made Flurry expendable they weren't but, starting you know, that- Starting with Brian Hayworth. Yeah, but you know that that should be held against somebody. You know, it's like you know circumstances and timing. That's all part of this, and we get that. But having the foresight to make that deal to get Flurry. Yeah. You know, and then once again, they they could have yeah. been playing devil's advocate. You know, if we get him now. He plays good for us. We're if we're below five hundred, we can trade him for prospects. But no, that didn't happen. <laughs> you know. You know they picked, so, they picked the right coach. Like George right McPhee. Coach. Yeah, George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon. The Kelly McCrimmon doesn't get enough credit. That's why they worked so hard to. McCrimmon last year. Jeez, Bob, they're making you work this late? (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap. Like, yeah, you really look at it like McCrimmon doesn't get enough credit. McCrimmon's the guy that pulled off the Leonard deal. You know, it helps that, you know, George McPhee and your Chandler Stevenson. I said, well, you're not using him, right? I'm going to take him. Talking, we don't have to stop talking. Ains? What Oh, I was like, what the hell happened? Nobody started, everybody stopped talking. I have trouble hearing you guys. Oh, am I better now? 
a little bit. <coughs> okay. All right. Um, you want to have some fun? Sure. Here's a Fernando, yeah. Fernando Tatis. Oh, yeah. So, so what do we think here? Is he? I think he was being too. You think he's being too much of a jerk by uh, breaking the unwritten rules, or is it totally cool? Because you have the swinging three zero with the bases loaded in an eight run game, and then the next day stealing third base from um, well up like six to nothing, six to nothing, you know, late in the game. Uh, there's a lot of like support for him throughout the league. Like Trevor Bauer said a lot of uh, encouraging things to him. A, a lot mm-hmm. of players have kind of stepped up and said, hey, you know what? Play to the end. Yeah. And um, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and I'm like, you know, this isn't slow pitch softball. You, you, you're not, it's not 15 nothing where you have zero right. chance of coming back. This, this is baseball. And to be honest with you, um, he said that he missed the sign of uh, to not swing on three and zero. I think that's debatable. I think he did swing. He wanted to swing. Uh, is that today's ball player? Like, are they really that arrogant? Are they really that selfish? Yes. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, what say you? Um, what do you think, Luke? Well, first of all, are we the old man on the lawn? Why was probably was always anybody here. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, (laughs) I mean, also very unusual to swing at three and oh, because not many people do that. I mean, you know, most batters would take a strike, you know, not pitch on on three and oh, but, you know, he found his sweet spot and then he took a chance and hit the home run. So like, hmm, that's very unusual. And then, they start bitching more afterwards. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, they I, uh, got the pays in a bunch a little bit. I have no problem. Like, I hate the unwritten rules of baseball. Is there, like, a place where we could find them all? This is professional baseball, yeah. right? Like, this is the major league. I've been testing it out for years. This isn't Little League. Like, okay, swinging 3-0 in a Little League game, stealing a base in a Little League game. That's different. These guys are professional athletes. <laughs> like, if you don't like it, it, it's like all those years when Belichick would run the score up on teams. They're professional sports. <laughs> These guys don't give a shit. The only people that complain are the fucking idiot baseball writers. And the other those teams guys need to get their man card checked. Like the baseball writers really do need to have their man cards checked. Because mm. they all sound like a bunch of whining pussies. They do. Well, I don't like any of them anyway. It, well, well that, that goes to like the whole point about you know, Clemens and Bond. Should they be in the Hall of Fame? The answer is yes. They, yes. they were the best players of their generation. Yes, they may have juice. However, you know, it was fully endorsed by Major League Baseball and the commissioner. So, and they were not the only ones. What happened? A commissioner who was in the Hall of Fame. Two managers yeah. who knew about it, who were complicit with it, are in the Hall of Fame. In the Hall of Fame, yes. 
Because you don't think that Joe Torre knew the guys on his team were on the sauce. Mm. Of course you do. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where I know, but don't tell me. Don't confirm it. Like the A.J. Hinch excuse. Well, I yeah. kind of knew something was going on, but I didn't really know. But I broke a monitor just for the hell of it. Yeah. And listen, you know, baseball needed these players during that time. You know, they had the strike. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. They had the strike. You know, they needed people back in the seats. They needed Ripken to go on the streak tear. They needed Sosa and McGuire. Mm-hmm. Bond sees Sosa and yeah, McGuire. They... He's like, whoa, I'm the better player here. I got four, uh, uh-huh. four MVPs. What can I do to get better? Goes to San Francisco, gets tied up at Balco, and 70 yeah. home runs and three you know, hat sizes bigger. You know, there's your, there's your story. And you know, I believe 75% of... 2000 that he's... And Bonds wasn't even until 2000 that he started taking. So, all right, put the line of demarcation on his career in 99. Was he a Hall of Famer? Right. Hall? Yeah. Yes. Well, it's Clemens a Hall of Famer. The answer is yes. Yes. Is he ready to hold a Hall of Famer? No. Is Poppy a Hall of Famer? He fa- yes. He never failed, so yes. Right. A Rod failed. So that that that's my line right there. Was there anything? And A Rod failed when it. A Rod failed the test. That was nobody was supposed to know about. Right, he failed the Mitchell Report test. And then he admitted to use with, uh, was it Barbara Walters, I think it was? And then... Katie Kirk. He had, I think it was Barbara Walla. Right, Katie Kirk. And then he had uh, the biogenesis stuff, where he never failed the test. However, he got implemented uh, due to the paperwork. So he got tied into there, which, which should have never, which should have never seen the light of day because it was an illegal search and seizure by Major League Baseball. <clears throat> Let's not forget what baseball did to A. Rod is a crime. They have no investigative rights, and you saw what they did to him. It was a sham. And A-Rod took his medicine and shut up about it. Well, he didn't shut up about it. He did fire and brimstone first, and yeah. then he shut up about it. So yeah, he well. forced the earth on that. And I think that's where baseball writers will really take it out on him, is the fact they that he did now, burn the world. Yeah. I think the problem with the baseball writers is this. This is my problem with major with baseball's Hall of Fame voting anyway. Is the guy a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes or no? I don't care I, I say, if the I guys hate, unanimously I, I voted in. I hate that argument. Like, I, I'm I, sorry. What's that? It, it for me, you know, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? I think I think that needs to be taken away. 
it's not it, it is he a right. first ballot Hall of Famer? I think no, no, no. Is Angel, he a Hall of Famer? Is is he a Hall of Famer? Yes or no? Okay, right. Is he good enough to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Is he a lock, stop, cock and barrel first ballot Hall of Famer? If your answer is yes, I don't care if he gets 99.3% of the vote or not, or 100% of the vote. Like, this is where my problem with baseball is when it comes to the Hall. The problem is, is baseball feels like they have to give out percentages. This guy was a he was seventy four point five percent. Who the fuck cares? Just announce who made the Hall of Fame. Right, dummy. I don't need to know how close a guy was. I don't need. I don't need to know a guy's shoe size. I don't. If I ask you the time, don't tell me how you made the watch. I don't care. Right. But baseball is all about numbers. Like I love numbers, and that's but, one of the beauties of the sport. By the way, but Dallas when it beat, comes to uh, the Hall the of Fame. But when it comes to the Hall of Fame, do we give a shit that a guy made it by the fucking hair on his chin? No. If a guy gets in at 75.1%, who fucking cares? If a guy gets in at 100%, who fucking cares? Because most of these asshats have not covered the guy day in and day out. This isn't the NFL. This isn't... Hockey doesn't even do it this dumb. Basketball doesn't do it this dumb. Is the guy a Hall of Famer? Because you know what? They don't put on his induction plaque 99.6%. They don't put that on there. So why does it fucking matter? It comes down to that asshat shortstop who now runs the Florida Marlins. Would he deserve to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. Did he deserve to be a unanimous Hall of Famer? Not in a million fucking years. And I don't care how much Yankee fans suck that guy's dick. He's not a unanimous Hall of Famer. He was never never the best shortstop on his team or in his league. He was never the best shortstop in the game. He was never the best player on his team. If he played but in Kansas he City, for... he's nowhere near the Hall of Fame. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, it's it's damn City, true. And, because... and he, and he, no, he got the 3,000 hits. No, because... No, because... You, you know, know, t- here's you can take part, away here's the, the problem with that thinking, Angel. Angel, here's the problem with that thinking. Does he make the major leagues playing in Kansas City? Do they give up on him after 29 errors his, his rookie year? Is he coddled and ner- This is just like the whole thing with redrafting a draft class. You can't redraft a draft class. Is no. Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes if he's a fucking Chicago Bear? No, he's not. No, I don't care how good the fucking Mr. guy is. No, I'm not saying he's going to be Mitchell Tri- M- mediocre Mitch either. But you can't say that he'd be 
this dynamic player who's worth $45 million a year if he's playing for the fucking Bears. Because the Bears don't have Travis Kelsey. They didn't have fucking Kareem Hunt. They didn't have the fucking Cheetah. They didn't have uh, Mikael Harmon. He didn't have the team around him. That's like Jet fans. Oh, if we had Tom Brady, we would have won six Super Bowls. The fuck you won them because you didn't no. have Bill Belichick. No. <laughs> you did not have Belichick. Belichick, is, Brady would have never made the league if he was a Jet. We got Parcells, bro. Parcells had every chance to draft him. He didn't either. And if he played for the Jets, he would have been playing with Mo Lewis. <laughs> I don't remember that. So. I don't exactly. Because remember, Mo Lewis took out you know, Bledsoe. Well, I, I know. So Did I ever tell you I never Mo got Lewis that if the Patriots sent him a ring? What did he say? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> if Kobe Bryant was a Charlotte Hornet, is Kobe Bryant the most revered athlete around the world? I'm going to say no, but I think he still would be a Hall of Fame player. Absolutely. Again, but is Kobe Bryant the most revered player around the world? But. You- you're making it sound like he wouldn't be a cold-blooded assassin not, who who had the maniacal. I'm just saying that he had the maniacal urge and sense to win and get better. And to, he had the Michael Jordan gene, and he would have that Michael yes. Jordan gene in Charlotte, or he would have it in L.A., or he would have it with the mm-hmm. Nets, or he would have it with the Knicks and the Sacramento Kings. Or Queens, whatever you want to call it. But them. would he be loved worldwide? Well, I got a question for you. Let's say if he stayed with sure. Charlotte. He stays with Charlotte. Do you think they know who he is in the Philippines? Say, I think so. Because you said it but, earlier in the show. You don't need to be in the in the high markets like New York or L.A. Oh, no. To be I, I, a, glo- a no, global you're phenomenon. Right. You it, are and 100% right, and I did say that. But and, but, but here, here, here's, here's my, here's my carrot on top of that. Okay. Dude, Muggsy Bogues is revered. Muggsy fucking Bogues. Everybody knows <laughs> who Muggsy is, right? Yes. He, nowhere close to but the Muggsy Bogues Bryant isn't. Is. But they, there's not murals of Muggsy Bogues in the Philippines. They know Muggsy Bogues in the Philippines. I bet you they don't. They, they watch Space, Space Jam, so yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. It helps. If Kobe's not a Laker, do people in China have sneaker museums dedicated to Kobe Bryant? No. If Seriously, Michael Jordan, look that shit up on YouTube. This, there's a cat if, in China who has an entire sneaker museum dedicated to nothing but Kobe's sneakers. But, but George, like the flip side is here. I want to know how Michael many Jordan times did Kobe use fucking sneakers? Yeah. Like, like Chicago was garbage 
Chicago really wasn't a major market. But Jordan went to Chicago. Chicago's still garbage. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. He leaves Chicago, and, and yeah. your argument, I think, is kind of moot because we've seen it. You know, we've seen what a transcendent, you know, player can do. And you know what? You can't take that gene out of Kobe Bryant by just taking him out of a Laker uniform. You know, if you put him in Charlotte, I think he becomes they Kobe Bryant. He doesn't win five times. Well, who really does win? He's five definitely times? still alive. Not very many. Well, maybe Brady. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I would have put it past him to Michael. Yeah, I would have. I would have put it past him that he wins at least two. Hmm. It, it, it depends Imagine on who's him. They would have fucked that up. Where was Kobe going to college if Kobe could have went to college? He said Duke. Was he going to Duke? <laughs> Imagine if he I know LeBron Duke. said he was going to go to Duke. Yeah. I knew that. Did you see he, LeBron he probably when he played in, in Trenton when he was in high school? No. Do you know LeBron, they didn't want to play St. Anthony's? That would have been fun. They didn't want to play it because of how bad. Wow, what a fucking goal that was. Um, Because of what Hurley did to Kobe. I read this story. It was after Kobe passed away because Mr. Hurley doesn't usually give out anything. Um, but Mr. Hurley said after they had played Kobe his senior year, they played him once at the Anatelli Center at St. Peter's, and then they went down there to Lower Marion. And after the game was over, Kobe came up to Mr. Hurley and asked him what he could do to get better. And what did Hurley say? And Mr. Hurley said, not much. I, I, I have to look up the article. I don't think Hurley. I, I I don't know if Hurley gave what he gave him, but I know Hurley said not much. I still I, I still have this feeling that if Phil had gone to the Lakers in '99, that Michael goes there in '99 and plays. I agree. But it was just the fact that Phil didn't get there until the next year, and Michael was already like, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. Can you imagine him with Kobe? And Shaq? Right, that was Shaq's first year. Mm-hmm. No, it was Shaq's like fourth year there. Was it? Yeah, Shaq, Shaq went. I remember when Shaq signed with the Lakers, it was during the Olympics. You have 92, right? Hmm. 96. 96, right. That was like the biggest thing in that Olympic year was where was Shaq going to go? Yeah. They showed that on the Olympic Channel the other night, the 96... um, 
opening ceremony. Can somebody explain to me how we couldn't have gotten anybody from America to sing the song for the Olympics? It had to be Celine Dion. I'm back. Yeah. yeah. I don't get that myself. I, I couldn't understand. No, French Canadian. Hmm. French, yeah, in, in Atlanta. I'm sure there's nobody from Atlanta we could get. Like, what was Garth Brooks busy? Well, he's in Nashville, isn't he? Sure. Garth, now he's in Nashville. He's from Oklahoma. He was a collegiate athlete at Oklahoma State. That's true. He, right? he, played, he did, like, track and field or some shit. I know he goes to uh, baseball camp. His charity is one of the biggest charities in professional sports that nobody knows about. He doesn't. But is it what charity is supposed to be? Teammates for kids. You know, charity is supposed to be something where nobody really knows about. So he does it right. Yep. I'm telling you, if you've never seen that, if you get a chance to see that man in concert, it's a religious experience. I know. It is. I went out to Notre Dame for that show, the one he did at Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Froze my ass off for five hours. Fuck, man. I don't know a lot of people did. Everybody did. Notre Dame Stadium sucked. The coolest part of that whole night was I went to the Mass in Notre Dame Cathedral. And contrary to popular belief, the hosts do not have NDs on them. <laughs> Sorry. I got cheese balls in front of me. My wife left them here for me. Oh. Well, make sure you share. Um, well, she she's at her parents' tonight. Um, truly makes a lemonade. Why haven't I not tried trying to check? Somebody gave me from Ship Bottom Brewery coconut custard pie beer. I would absolutely try that. I legitimately have never... two cans in my. I have two is cans in my. Cane. Cane. Uh, is it cane or cane said? I was at the I, I was at the pub before the pandemic, and they had on tap coquito flavored beer, uh, hmm. and I tried it, and it was absolutely phenomenal. I was down in Wildwood two weeks ago, and on tap at the restaurant I ate at was hmm. wow. Um, was Cape May Brewing's The Bog. It was a cranberry shandy with lemonade in it. Holy fuck. I was so pissed I got to the brewery after it closed because I wanted to bring some home. Did they Did they pull Jake Allen after that or no? They should. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm watching on Fubo, so I'm like 30 seconds behind. Which made the end of the night's game I really shit out. last night. Um, 
That was a nice play, though. Hmm. Yeah, I could definitely rock the shandies. Yeah. That orange shandy that Line and Kogel makes is really fucking good. But you have to get it in, like, a sample effect. So, my question to the both of you is, is, is today's game the last game for Tom Brenneman's career? It's going to be hard not to be. I mean, Jack Edwards didn't get in trouble for his <laughs> don't poke the bear on Saturday. I mean, but that's <laughs> hockey. I, Brett, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I still haven't looked at this story you sent me. And uh, I should because now I'm home. I, I did get the audio on that, too, uh, what I sent you. Um, you know what? I I don't know. It's mm. I think it's one of those things where I hate the cancel culture that's going on right now in, in this country. And just because somebody says one thing, um, you're going to go ahead and take it out of context. And you don't know what he was really getting at. He could have been joking with one of the producers. And you know what? The way you and I talk is going to be different on the air versus off the air. And what really should be off the air should be, you know, taken into consideration. He absolutely prophetically, profusely apologized. Um. And I don't think it should be the end all of somebody's career like that. I mean, granted, it's not trending worldwide, so but they pulled them off. Not the yet. Goodness. Well, they had to. And you know, if he gets fired, then whoever let that slip on the air should get fired as well. Because they have an obligation. Well, and not that Tom Brenneman, Brenneman was was Vince Vince Scully, you know. So let's not, yes. you know, I'm not calling him a Hall of Fame broadcaster, you know, by any so stretch really of the means here. Right. You know what? Though here's my problem with this. I, I I've heard this, like, and I've talked to guys who are having to do games now. They have to be even more cautious. Because they don't like. Here's the perfect. Here, there's two things now. Serious when you know when everybody does like a ten second ID. Right. There's still hot mics on serious. Okay. Yeah. That's one. Two. If like during Fox Sports One's coverage of the playoffs last year, the ALCS. If uh-huh. you watched it on the 4K channel, you never had a commercial and you had hot mics the whole game. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, here's a hot take for you. Uh, just announced just now, red suspend announcer. So Tom Brenneman got suspended. And the Reds are embracing mm-hmm. a zero-tolerance policy. So that looks like that's the end of his career in Cincinnati. 
Because when you say zero tolerance, what do you expect to happen next? You're out of there. Just, I mean, like, I'm just, like, looking at um, the Twitter, and people don't know how to spell the guy's names. Um, Like... I, I mean, what he said was, like, his apology even, what he ended it with, I don't know if I'm ever going to be put, if I'm ever going, if I'm going to put, be putting this headset on again. Um, yeah, like I said, his, I like, I watched his whole uh, apology there. And he sounded sincere, and <laughs> I don't think it was because he got caught. Yeah, I just think he's a sincere person, and somebody like that shouldn't be. I think be, he is. You know, I think he needs but I think to he's have welcome to twenty twenty. Well, don't say the word culture. I have. Training. Please don't say something. Yeah, I'm not down with the training. No, no, I I'm not down with culture. Cancel culture. Yeah, I'm not down with them because anybody who can. But see, like here's the problem, though. The only people that are allowed to change are the left. The Amy Schumer's of the world can change, but nobody else can. Should he have said it? No, but I don't know. Like I'm like, I don't know. If... Who could have been talking about Raleigh Durham and, you know, acting like he was British because, you know, they still call cigarettes fags over there. I mean, I don't know. I just, it's a bad spot to be in. I wish he wouldn't have said it. But I, I don't know if he survives this. I mean, Marv Alberts, you know, it took Mark, Marv Albert time to get back on the air after his trade, you know, his shit. I mean, yeah, but his wasn't even that like, bad either. You know, I mean, Isaiah Thomas got another job after shit he happened with the Knicks. I mean, mm-hmm. he also kept his job for years after that incident. Let's not forget yeah. about that. No, and you look how bad the Rangers treated their ice dancers that one year. That was. I don't. I don't know if he should lose his job, but he's going to. And, and I think Tom Brennerman is one of the best announcers there are. So. But to me, let him go off on that, like to, to hang him out to dry like that. Um, yeah. That shows that the person that was manning that button, he's done it before. 
that's the only to me that's the only way you let that get on there is if he's done it before and the person that's manning the button is a triggered fuck yes should he have said it no yeah no of course not everybody's gonna say you should say it but once again it's like what but again who are you talking to first off what are you talking about exactly like I, I sent you how how I uh how I stored John Fratt's information, right? You know you know how I have yeah. that. And he knows yeah. how I have that. Because that's how we talk and that's how we joke. Now am I gonna go yeah. out and say it on the air? And so like if you and I are talking about John and you know, the show's off or it's in between, because I think this happened in between the double header. Because yeah, there wasn't anybody on the field. So if this happened in between the, the double header, it's like he's he's having a conversation with somebody. Like I said, I, to me, it almost sounds like he's done it before, and the person that is is handling his microphone button. Yes. Wasn't having that shit. You know, my brother-in-law just lost his job. He was talking to a friend, and he joked about how he has a, how he's going to get a tramp stamp. And there was a girl working about eight feet away. And remember, everybody's in masks now, right? So, do you really understand mm-hmm. what's being said? And she took it as he was making fun of her trans stamp, which she has one. And he lost his job for it. You know, that's, yeah, it, it, you know, listen, I, I, I understand, you know, I fully support, you know, equal opportunity stuff and all that. But it's when does common sense come into play? I, I tell you, the, the scariest part of my life is doing these shows. Because if somebody says something, I control what I say. If I say something that should get me fired, then you know what, at my real job, that's why, how often have you ever heard where I work here? It's either the quarry or where I work. I'm never, I, I, I will never divulge that because... All he I works need at is one peck. Yeah, I work at seven. Seven eleven. All I need is all I need is one peckerhead to find out that you know. He works at seven eleven in I, New Milford. Peckerhead. <laughs> Route ninety one. But you know what I mean. <laughs> but you know, like if it, you know some or some peckerhead that I work with. Listens to this, and I say something, or God forbid the other, God forbid the other guys I do the show with say something, and I laugh. You know, because like, and it. (laughs) I worked with Johnny Pratt. I love Johnny Pratt. Um, Yeah. 
but like which explains I a lot. Don't broadcast. <laughs> I I don't broadcast what, what do you, to people. Yeah, and we work on competing. But, but and we work on competing places now, which is funny. Because <laughs> he got me the call. All right, fellas, so guys, good good night. Night. All right, Lou. All right, Lou. Thanks. All right, bud. Is that a threat or a promise? Um. Yeah, I, I, I like that. To me, like if somebody else cost me my job for doing this podcast, I, I'd be fucking livid. Um. But like. It's so hard. Like I, like I've never had it. Thank God I've never had to answer for stuff stuff that I said on this show. Because I disclosed this place because I earned a living doing this back when I was doing it full time. You know, but like I, with this, you know, it, it's just you got to understand like the culture you live in now. Yeah, I mean, back a couple right. of years ago, when I had when I had my other corporate job, I would say I would I would do this. I'd call in every once in a while, but I would absolutely be uh, on guard. Yeah, you know, it, it really is. You know, it's it was worth it. You know, it because I was making a lot of money back then, and it was like, why would I jeopardize? You know that for it is. Yeah. You know, I love doing this. But, um, you know, you can't mess with the family's, uh, you know, no. breadbasket there. And, and that's why, like, if if, it, if the show gets overly political, I, I try to stay away from it. Like, I try to play both sides of it. And, like, people, other people who've done this show with me, like, will finish the show and they'll call me up in a bit. I can't believe you think that way. I'm like, whoa, cuz. <laughs> You gotta understand, this doesn't pay the bills. What pays the bills is a completely different story. Um, exactly. Let's see. Yeah, like I, I just, I feel bad for Brenneman because he's, a, he seems to be, and you don't know what he is. He seems to be a very good man. He seems to be extremely genuine in his apology. Yes. And it didn't feel rehearsed. No, absolutely not. Like even, even like that that the the home run call he puts in the middle of it. It was like, oh fuck, I don't want to do that. Like, it was almost like he didn't want to get excited for the home run call. Um, yeah, he it's he sounded genuine, and it's a shame that. Uh, he, he's probably but eventually going to be judged for this one moment in time. But see, like, and, and this comes down to the thing. This is Twitter's doing. You know. Uh, 30 seconds? Yeah, that's fine. We'll just go into the overtime. Okay. Um, no, I just got my... Oh, I got the, um, my, um, no, I was just looking at some. Um, how about yesterday? I got a warning ticket that wasn't a ticket for parking on a street near my job. 
a warning. So if you do this again, yeah. If you do this again, then you'll get a ticket. So I said, fuck it. I'll park there today and see what happens. Because it's still cheaper than parking in a garage in, in, in where I work. You know, sad thing was that that's the way it was. Well, that's one of the reasons why I lost my job, um, because of the parking situation. And, um, you know, it, it that one ticket for parking on the street was cheaper than a day of parking in the city. And that's sad. Yeah. You know, and, like, and, like, I don't exactly work in the greatest area. <laughs> so, like, when I leave at 1030 at night, I don't want to have to look over my shoulder when I'm walking to my car. You know, it's just, it just sucks. It's like, it's, it's, it's like you would think they would cut you a slack because you're a worker in the area. Right. But, but here's the funny thing. Like, I will gladly talk about where I work. I will mention where I work. I will, like, Saturday night, we were looking at statistics from where I work. And I think I may have slipped it then, but at that point, okay, like, I didn't care. Nobody listened to that shit. But, like, I can't say whatever the fuck I want to say. I would love to. I'm I legitimately, because of where I work, have considered getting off of social media. I'll, I'll tell you a quick, quick anecdotal story. Everybody knows I used to work for the Walt Disney Company. Right? Like that's just common knowledge if you listen to these shows. I worked for Disney. I did an internship there. I got in trouble for holding hands with my then-girlfriend walking through the tunnel because a person that was not straight saw it and felt sexually harassed by a heterosexual couple. Sounds about right. That is the Walt Disney Company. That is Walt Disney World. They are intolerant to heterosexuals. But goddamn, you cannot complain if you feel uncomfortable because there's a homosexual couple. That makes you feel uncomfortable. Don't Because, well, yeah. But you have to, You, they would legitimately tell you, well, you have to understand. No, I don't have to understand. I'm very religious. Leave me alone. You're prosecuting me for my religion now? Okay. It's just, I think the internet 
has made people very intolerant to everybody else. Well, that and the fact of people love to play, uh, you know, internet tough guy. Well, it's internet tough guy, and you have people who because who there's no true concept. feel like they. The greatest you know, meme I've funny, seen like, so far is, you know, a meme with Mike Tyson saying the one thing that, that Facebook has done is remind people that you can't get punched in the face by me. You know, because if, yeah. if you had that in your head, there's no way you would say half the things that, that you say. And I'm guilty of it, too. No. Oh, I, look, I, yeah, I, I've always been I, – I, I've been the biggest kid in my grade since I was in pre-K. So I never – I just – I learned very young in life, I'm either going to make people laugh or I'm going to have somebody kick my ass. Like, that's just – there's no difference. And I only fought on a hockey rink. I don't want to fight outside of it. Concrete hurts. But if yeah. I had to fight somebody, goddamn, I could fight somebody back, you know, 20 years ago. Now, but I'm either going to make you laugh or you're going to punch me in the face. And I tell people all the time, look, if you want me to shut up, just say shut the fuck up. And I will. I will not. Look, if you don't have the, the, the mental fortitude to take my shit, just tell me. And I will keep it moving. But trust and believe, I am not giving you shit because I don't like you. If I'm giving you shit, I like you. It's just who I am. It's why I am friends with professional athletes. Because I can give it as well as I can take it. I mean, how many people do you know can call a professional athlete a dipshit on a daily basis? <laughs> Legitimately, how many people do you know but, can call a professional athlete a dipshit on a daily basis and not have, have that, to that, worry about the consequences? Yeah, that's but that's so locker room, and I think that's where like that comes. To I play. think that's what, especially when when you played for a long time. You, you know, you mm-hmm. call all your teammates dipshits, and you're not afraid to tell them that. <clears throat> so no, when they're I, at that elite I, level, you know they, they don't want to. They don't want to be sucked ass. You know, don't kiss my ass about anything. Be be honest. Be truthful yeah. with me. Joke with me. Because that's how they respond. It's so funny. It's so funny you say that because Especially like if you're not the, rude the professional. At, yeah, like if you're just doing it, you're fucking around with them. Right. Like you know the professional athlete I'm talking about. Right. right. By the way, going up to his house this weekend. So if you want anything signed, let me know. Um. I want a beer signed. I'm sure I can get that. Um, but, like, he brought me to a game in a place where he used to play. And, like, I'm in the alumni's box at this game. Right? And there's... Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, number retired in Boston. Right? And we're sitting there having a mm-hmm. good time, and I'm shooting the shit with these guys. 
to the point when, because the, the team, they were playing the Devils, and the guy says to me, they were so good last year. What happened? I go, John Moore didn't make it that big of a difference. <laughs> and he started laughing. And then I said, well, this is what <laughs> happens when you start seeing Tuka Rask and not Malcolm Subban. He fucking, bro, he was, the guy who we were talking to was rolling. He's like, you got to bring him more often. To the point where I was told if I get back into some sort of shape and not just round because round is a shape, that I could play in an alumni game with this team. Well, do you think I've done a goddamn thing to get in shape to play for this player? Besides round? No. Besides and round? Those round early, that Alicia no. left you. Yeah, <laughs> that really tells me. Oh, Utz made Utz every year for baseball season makes white cheddar baseballs. Oh, my God. I can have I love a it. bag of those. I fucking love Easily. them. But I legitimately, like, have, like, six, and I'm like, all right. Because I told you about what happened at work today. Oh, by the way, you know what made it worse? Was I was. It was in a spot where there was no chance at taking care of the second part of that. So I had to be miserable for 20 minutes. Like, so back back spasm. And then that, and I'm but, doing a duck walk. But you never answered my my, uh, my response on that. How is that I, different I from the other now. 23 hours and 40 minutes of the day? Because you're miserable for 20 minutes. Oh, my God, dude, I was so miserable. Like, I'm telling you, dude, I was in pain. Like, I, you ever like you ever get that where you're doing the other side dance? And you're like, fuck, I got to find one. Fuck, I got to find one. Fuck, I got to find one. Oh, and then I have to climb up onto what I work on? Bro, I legitimately... (laughs) Let me just say, I I finished my job with... I was... I Spongebob it. So, last weekend, I was up. So, I got into the habit of burning my uh, recyclables in terms of, you know, the cartons and all that stuff. So I yeah. had, I had like two pizza boxes. I had, I shop at Wegmans. So I used the paper, okay, uh, the paper bags. So I had a couple yeah. of paper bags and, and a couple of like basket. small chopsies. Well, you know, it's contactless. Uh, I have the app, so I scan everything. Mm-hmm. I go straight to self checkout. I like it's. I've done two hundred dollars worth of shopping, and I was in and mm-hmm. out of the store in less than a half hour. Yeah, I believe it. So I absolutely, I'll pay extra, you know, to have that experience. So, well, I'm in the backyard. Well, stop and, and Rob does that too. Yeah, I don't have many out here. Some collect ShopRite would start that. Some do. I wish ShopRite would do it, man. I would be them in Walmart. Like Sam's Club lets you do it, 
But God, I wish Walmart would let you do it. I'd get out of there so much fucking faster. I also wish Costco that you are doing the self-checkout. Yeah. So the Sam's Club. But I wish that they, if you're checking yourself out, you got the employee discount because I'm employee of the month. <clears throat> that, that would work. So here, here, here I am in the backyard. I'm lighting stuff on fire. I'm tossing it into the pit. And I got the boys with me. You know, they love a good fire. Mm-hmm. I was like, all boys, I got to take a piss. I was like, I got to take a piss, boys. So turn around. I'm going to go into the trees right here. So I sneeze while I'm peeing. Oh. <laughs> and, and I'm like, holy shit. Boys, go inside. Go inside. <laughs> so like, I was like, get your ass inside now. And and they thought they did something wrong, so they go inside and they tell uh, my wife, and she's looking out the back door <laughs> at me, and I got like, I got half pants off, looking at the house like, hi. So you know, I finish what I'm, I finish what I'm doing. Is that and, why your um, wife yelled at you the other night on the show? No, she yelled at me because I so I peed it I peed it in a, a a bottle, and I poured it out my window, mm-hmm. and she happened to be in our bedroom, which is underneath the attic where where I am. Yeah. She was like, "Did you did you put pee no, out like, the window?" I was like, "What?" Yeah, she goes, "Did you pee out the window?" I'm like, "No, I did not pee out the window." Now. Did I pee into a bottle and pour the bottle out the window? Yes, I did. That's so, you know, I get, from, I get it from that experience. And she's looking at me. She goes, what did the boys do? I'm like, uh, nothing. She goes, they came in here upset saying that you yelled at them. I was like, I didn't yell at them. I yelled towards them. And she was like, why? I'm like, do you want me to spell it out? She goes, what did they do? I'm like, let's just put it this way. I had a really shitty time outside. <laughs> and she was like, "No, you didn't." I'm like, "Yeah, I did." Ah, oh, son of a bitch! What they scored again? Not only, no, not only did New York lose its best baseball bar. But we had a great twelve years. It was an honor to be part of the unearthing such an important part of Boston baseball history. In addition to being Boston's original baseball bar, it was a hangout for some of our favorite Dropkick Murphys fans. The staff, the regular, and the fans are all family to us and always will be. We are thankfully able to move our staff to our other locations. Rest in peace, McGreevy's. Ken Casey has had to close the doors of America's first sports bar. Hmm. And he posted, with the landlord unwilling to find a middle ground, the economic fallout of COVID-19, the Grievies is permanently closed after 12 years on 911 Boylston Street in Boston. Which, if you didn't know it was Ken Casey's bar when you walked in there, you would never have known that Ken Casey owned the Grievies. That's why I love Ken Casey. That's a shame. That is a damn shame. Because McGreevy's is a hell of a time. 
Like if you go to a soccer game, up. you go to you go to McGreevy's and you go to Cask and Flag, and you used to go to Jerry Remy's, and now even Remy's is closed. Hello. 